There's no better way to kick off today's episode than by talking a little bit about microdosing. That's when you take a little THC throughout the day to maintain a level of relaxation without going totally out of your mind. This is our longest sponsor, actually. Lumi Labs are the kings of microdosing with their THC gummies that you can order and have delivered right to your front door. And the best part is they use a synthetic strain of THC. So even if you live in a state with draconian marijuana laws like we do here in Texas, Mm -hmm. you can still order these gummies and have them dropped right off at your house. Bing, bang, boom. Easy and done. For me, I use Lumi gummies to help me sleep. If left to my own devices, I'll keep vampire hours, which really isn't conducive for, say, socially interacting with the rest of humanity or running a Stephen King podcast. (laughs) So before bed, I'll pop a Lumi Labs gummy, and that helps me drift off into sleep on a normal human hour. Lumi promises a relaxing experience, and I can vouch that they do just that. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com. And if you like what you see, you can use the code KINGCAST to save 30% off your first order and get free shipping. Again, that's microdose.com, code KINGCAST. Love those folks over at Lumi. Highly recommend their product, no pun intended. Uh, And while we are here, I have a message from our corporate overlords at Fangoria. In 1979, the first issue of Fangoria was released into the world. It's been over 40 years, and they are better than ever, with each issue bringing you 100 pages of exclusive, carefully curated content honoring horrors past, present, and future. These articles and interviews will never be published online, so the only way to read them is by getting your hands on a physical, collectible copy of your own. We can't give anything away because we want the experience to be a surprise, but we can safely say that you do not want to miss a single page. So... Head on over to Fangoria.com to learn more and to subscribe. And while you're there, make sure to enter the promo code KINGCAST to save 25% off your yearly subscription. Now on with the show. Hi. My name is Stephen King. The ice is gonna break! Hello and welcome back to the KingCast on the Fangoria Podcast Network. My name is Eric Vespi. And I'm Scott Wampler. And we are your hosts. Today we have a particularly exciting guest for us here at the KingCast. He has created one of the most Stephen King feeling stories that Wampler and I have ever seen that the maestro himself had absolutely nothing to do with. Uh, You'll know him as the creative director at Remedy Studios and the writer behind the popular video games Max Payne, Control, and of course Alan Wake and its upcoming sequel, Alan Wake 2, available October 27th on Xbox, PS5, and Windows PC. I don't know about you, Scott, but I will be playing that the second we get our grubby little hands on that. Oh, yes. We'll be sure to grill him on that, as well as his chosen title, which is Stephen King's On Writing, the author's incredibly influential memoir slash English lesson where King, did I say English lesson? Well, I'm going to keep it and I'm going to own it because that's what Stephen King would want. This is the book where King pulls back the curtain on his writing process and the events that shaped uh, the popular novelist that he became. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Mr. Sam Lake to the King Cast stage. Hello. Hey. Um, uh, big pleasure being here. So I, I guess my first question is that the and, you know, I apologize because I'm sure you've been asked this a, a bazillion times, but the first Alan Wake came out in 2010. It is now 2023. Why did it take so long for us to get an Alan Wake sequel? Yeah, that's that's the question I, I keep asking as well. <laughs> it, it should be a no brainer, right? To do a sequel. And, and uh, well, yeah, I mean, goes to show how difficult it is sometimes. 
Uh, we always wanted to do a sequel. We like, I always saw the ending of the story as a cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. We would keep, we would keep on going and we had a concept all planned out for, for the sequel, but, but you know, it, it's in, in games as in, 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 in movies and, and anything that, that requires a massive budget, uh, it's it's tricky to get all the uh, different elements to click into place, um, mm-hmm. and and uh, when when Alan Wake came out, it was the time in video game industry where where people were were feeling that uh, uh, time for linear single player story experiences is in the past, and and now it needs to be in you know. Um, preferably with something to do with multiplayer and open world and these kinds of things. So, so uh, we, we were pitching it around and there was no interest. I mean, it led to another project. It led to Quantum Break, uh, uh, our next game. Uh, and, and yeah, I, but I never abandoned the idea. To me, Alan Wake is, is always has felt as a very personal uh, thing and and you know out of all of our games, all of which I'm proud of, but 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 there is something special in it, uh, and and then through all of these other games that we have made uh, in between, we've always come back to create a new concept for Alan Wake Two and 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 try to make it happen, and 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 now finally four years ago, five years ago, the time was right, and 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 things clicked into place, mm. and, and we. We, we got to do this uh, and and now looking back all, all that kind of painful <laughs> like, like uh, frustration of not being able to to make it I'm just happy of the journey I'm, I'm I'm really happy that it's this version of Alan Wake 2 that that we made because to me this is like all the learnings in between all the ambition all the growing frustration of, of kind of creative creative energy all of that is in and and i i do feel that this is the right and proper sequel now mm. finally so nice. did it go through multiple versions over the past decade or so like did you have a concept in place say eight years ago that completely got scrapped and now you've done something yes because like like very much from my perspective uh it's it's always taking the learnings of the previous one and all the previous ones and 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 putting mm. that to use and also like just kind of like surrounding circumstances do always affect the ideas for it so so it yeah it has changed quite a lot the biggest thing and 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 maybe relevant for our discussion now is that this is now Alan Wake 2 is a proper horror game mm. uh, Whereas in many ways, like even if there were horror elements for sure in the original Alan Wake, it still was like if you think about the genre of the game, it's more an action adventure game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and but but now we are making a, a survival horror game, and 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 also like I'm 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 really happy about that because like I I do think that it 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 matches the story uh, perfectly. And right. as we have learned from like control you guys are top notch at making <laughs> a horror uh, horror games uh, that that thing was awesome and everything we have seen from 
Alan Wake too. It just looks phenomenal. It, I mean, it it looks gorgeous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah. and well, terrifying. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I I also can't tell you like how fun it was to discover Control's connections to Alan Wake as well. Like all, all my video game playing friends lost their their fucking minds. It was it was kind of like the video game version of people seeing split and then realizing it was uh tied into the unbreakable world at the end and everybody lost their mind for that i don't know it wasn't it was a nice stealthy uh move that you made there yeah and and i i i do that like like thinking about the the topic and 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 talking about stephen king i do think like his approach to the concept of multiverse like obviously with the dark tower but with with Mm -hmm, some other books as well is there as an influence even even for that like like i feel that no matter what all of these stories uh that we made are connected in my head that's just the natural way of like you you have these characters that you have built these themes that you are you are you are gravitating towards and 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 you know they they do tend to kind of creep up <laughs> in the mm-hmm. place where they are maybe not intentionally supposed to go and 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 i now, now that we really have this universe concept i'm i'm loving it like like it's it's like a playing field being right. able to kind of like make these connections like out in the open and 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 you know have fun with that mm. you, i read you that mean- when you initially were pulling together the 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 story for the original alan wake that you know, you you had an idea in mind that was heavily influenced by both Stephen King and and Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. and at that point in your company's history, I believe you had were mostly known for the Max Payne games. This is like, you know, a quite a course correction from like a grizzled, you know, cop with a gun, you know, who's you know kind of a badass to a writer who you know <laughs> is not you know uh, trained to you know, kick ass and take names. Um, hey, I'm he has curious. a flashlight. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious when you were initially pitching this idea to the, the, the rest of your team, was there any, was there any trepidation where they, were they like, once this is, we're the Max Payne guys. Like this is a completely different thing. Or were people excited to, you know, tackle something that was essentially the opposite of what you'd been doing? Yeah, it's in, it's interesting. Like, like I'm 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 sure that this goes to many creatives. There, there is just a lot of inspirations, a lot of love uh, to you know things that that have felt exciting. You know, reading them or or seeing the films and 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 all. And and I I do love film noir. I do love hard boiled fiction uh, overall. But I also love horror. I, I, I love mm. horror. I love fantasy. I love science fiction. And 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 all of that like is is then in a very natural way an inspiration uh, to draw from. Also, like have to say that it took us five years to make the original Max Payne, then then two years more to do the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and through the whole sequel, we had already sold the rights of the um uh, property to Rockstar Games and 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 take two. Uh, so we kind of knew that that for us Max Payne 2 would be the last Max Payne uh, mm. uh, back then. And 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 so I had the whole project, the two years of writing it also to say goodbye. And that was a very kind of like very nice way 
to kind of like process it. And, and, and I felt that the whole team, myself included at that point, like being nonstop on Max Payne for seven years, it felt good to move on to something else uh, right. at that point. Even if for sure, then years later, like like you will have, you can't avoid it. You you are thinking back, and ideas are popping into your head. <laughs> but but that's 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 how it right. goes. Uh, right. But but yeah, like like was very very kind of ready to move to something else. Moving to something else and finding that something else what, ended up being really really difficult for us. And 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 I was working. Concepting this together with Petri Arvilehto, who, who is my childhood friend and the reason why I am at Remedy and why I work in video games, because like he he reached out to me and knew that I write and 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 he wanted well, he, he was asking if I would come to write the text for the first Remedy game, which was Death Rally before Max Payne even. Right. And and I was more than happy to because like I I hadn't really published anything I was just writing into the desk drawer and 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 for my friends so so I jumped at the opportunity and here I am like 28 years later <laughs> still <laughs> at this but yeah like like we were concepting it and I think that it turned out to be your your classic band's second album where they have broken through and and being a big su- success on the first one and and then you think that now you know how how this is done and and now with this knowledge you can do anything and you can do your dream project and yeah. and and that that often leads to a lot of <laughs> difficulty and problems and and we couldn't figure out what we really want to do it took took us a couple of years actually uh, of mm. of like concepting different things until bit by bit, uh, you know, certain elements of its state and Alan Wake was born out of that. So, so it was a long road, uh, right. but, but, right on. but to me, really, really important part of the mix was after Max Payne, I really wanted the playable character, the hero character to not be a professional hero. That, that was a big, big deal for me that, that like, yeah, it's going to be an action game on some level. Can we just make a character who isn't an action hero? And 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 that to me was a really, really interesting starting point for it. And then he ended up being a writer. Now, you, you mentioned Dark Tower a minute ago. Um, are, you, are you a fan, I take it? I am, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is something that we're, we're finding a lot. We had uh, Josh Sawyer on, on the show a while back, you know, from uh, Obsidian, and... He's a huge Dark Tower nerd, too. And and something that Scott and I have talked about a lot is that we think that that series and that world in particular would lend itself extremely well to the video game format. Uh-huh. Um, is that is that something that that's ever crossed your mind of like, what would you do if you had, say, the Dark Tower as a as, as an IP that you could then do with what you will in the video game world? Have you ever thought about that? I have. I, I have created a pitch for it. No shit. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, like, like this was way, way earlier. And, 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 and my memory is hazy because like a lot of twists and turns along the way. It was when there was a time when Dark Tower was popping up and there were ambitious plan of maybe having multiple films and a TV show right. like, like years ago. Which didn't then like end up end up happening. There was interest in in a video game at that point, 
uh, and we we created a pitch and and i i remember talking through this pitch in in hollywood uh and and but like i said it's it's so complicated and and you know who is working on it and 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 you know which companies are involved and all it's such a complicated thing so the opportunity really like it it didn't go forward back then uh, right and, and but yeah like spend some time thinking about what kind of a uh, game it could be and we did our our pitch back then could you tell us a little bit about what what was entailed was it like an open world kind of thing was it a linear thing like well, <laughs> what, what do you think would be like or what what were you going for what did you think that was the most exciting for you yeah i mean it 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 was a lot to do with with the richness of the world and 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 you know as as said it's it's there as an inspiration i i feel one inspiration for the connected universe in in my mind that that just these just these opportunities like like in alan wake 2 we we have a lot of you know layers and 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 it's 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 quite dense on on the lore and 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 depth and you know meta layer of it plays a big role and i feel that this is also kind of like part of this kind of a complicated uh web of of what makes the dark tower uh so interesting i'll i'll be honest i i don't remember a lot of the details that that <laughs> went into it because like have not really before now, you you asking haven't haven't really thought about that in in years and years. Uh, but but very much a remedy game, like, like focus on storytelling and 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 then gunplay and and action to go with that. Yeah, I mean, I could just see that going in a billion different different directions. You can have like the direct tie-in where you're Roland, and you can have the have the one that's taking place in, you know, a, you know, the, maybe the golden age of the gunslingers like you could that we don't see in the books. There, there's a billion ways that you could go about that. But uh, yeah, but I uh, so, so so to come back to the question, I do agree. I, I, I think that there is a lot there that that could make a very cool and interesting video game for sure. My other question for you about Alan Wake 2 before we move on to your your Stephen King origin story is. Will we get a definitive answer on what it's not a lake, it's an ocean means in Alan Wake 2? But but like like I, I, I would like bring up, you know, this, this is a great opportunity to to like like what we did for uh the beginning of Alan Wake. And when I knew that we would be doing this today, I I, I went and searched online. You know, the game starts with a Stephen King quote, uh, mm-hmm. Alan Wake. Mm-hmm. And and it comes from this Stephen King uh, wrote for a while this Entertainment Weekly column. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 the quote comes from from that. Uh, and and the quote goes: "Nightmares exist outside of logic, and there is little fun to be had in explanations. They are <laughs> antithetical to the poetry of fear." And at the beginning of the game, obviously, Alan Wake then goes on, like he quotes Stephen King. Then he goes on uh, to to like put it in his own words and 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 says that that the unanswered mystery it is what stays with us the longest and what we'll remember in the end. And that to me is an important part of horror. And and it's it 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 really really is kind of like I I totally get what 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 
Stephen King is saying here. And and right. and it's a struggle. You know, making video games is a big, big team effort. And 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 there are a lot of people involved. And 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 what this whole colony is about in this particular case is that that um uh, Mr. King is is kind of like why Hollywood can't do horror. And and mm. and how he talks about how with a massive budget there is this kind of like need to uh you know show what it all means down the audience's throat to, right. to make sure that everybody understands but 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 that really really kind of like very easily uh is is the opposite of what you should be doing there, there will be answers there will be a lot of answers in this game but but to me it always feels like with every answer there should be a new question <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and, definitely. And working on control, this was a big part of like my thinking on the story as well. That that we can give you fragments of answers, we can give you theories because like it's 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 Federal Bureau of Control. They investigate these unexplainable things and they have theories. Uh, but ultimately, you you can you can piece them together. But there are big gaps in in this, and you can form your own theories. You can come up with your own answers. And, and and you can talk about it and, and compare notes and, and argue about it. But that's part of the beauty because, because then you are engaged and you, then you are thinking about it and, and it keeps nagging at you. Uh, instead <laughs> of like everything wrapped really, really nicely, everything explained away. Oh, that was nice. You shrug and, and then you forget all about it because there is nothing left to kind of think about and you move to the next thing. But But to me, like... You know, some something that that you keep thinking about is 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 part of the joy for me when when I'm reading fiction or watching a film or playing a game. Yeah, great answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna. There's also, I guess, that's where some of the David Lynch like influence comes into. You know, where you know that he's you talk about a guy that doesn't give a fuck about answering your questions, at least in the, in the way that. Uh, that's cool. uh, you know, I love that, that he cares about, but he cares about tone first and foremost. And, you know, that's also something that is incredibly important when you're in a, in an immersive storytelling thing, like a, a video game. So, yeah. And I, I like, like, yes, being also a big David Lynch fan, like, like I do feel, I always feel safe in his experiences. Like, like in the sense that I, I do believe that he has an answer. Nothing is there just to well this is a cool thing or or this doesn't really matter like what does this mean i i do think that at least on the level of emotion he knows what it means and 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 that's why even if he isn't explaining it to me like that's that's not so important and i can i can you know try to see themes and and symbols in there that that i can piece together but but ultimately i don't i I feel I don't even want to be explained <laughs> in many cases. Right. Yeah. Well, I have a feeling our listeners are going to like revolt if we don't start talking about like direct yes. Stephen <laughs> King's shit. Uh, so can we, can we transition now into getting your Stephen King origin story? Do you For have sure. an origin story? I, I, I do have an origin story. Maybe a quick background. <laughs> please, please. I'm from Finland. And, and and kind of growing up in Finland, I feel I need to mention how I discovered horror before I discovered Stephen King. And just very briefly, like like growing up, 
The first thing that was clearly horror that I remember growing up, and I must have been something like 12 years old or, or, or thereabouts, uh, there was this publication, really kind of this pulp magazine almost, that, that was this kind of a serialized horror story, uh, that the kind of loose translation would be Night Tales. Uh, yeah. and, and really, really this trashy, pulpy thing. And it's, it's actually uh, uh, translated from German. Uh, the, 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 and, and I don't be, speak German, so I'm going to butcher <laughs> this. But, but there, 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 there was a publication called Geister Jäger, John Sinclair. Which, which, which talks about this uh, kind of uh, London-based, um, uh, you know, spook detective uh, in, right. uh, mm-hmm. at Scotland Yard called John Singler. And, and every month there would be a new thing, and this went on for a few years. And, and you know, he's facing all kinds of, like, cosmic horror. He's facing cools. He's facing vampires. He has all kinds of mystical weapons that 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 he uses, and I was nuts about this. I was reading yeah. it like, and it was looking back, which is one kind of like consistent thing that I I feel uh, valuable is that whenever exposed to something that that may be slightly too scary or, or slightly too complex, I've always felt that that I I've been hugely excited. Scared for sure, but hugely excited. And and if anything, looking back, those are the things that have taught me to use my imagination and and kind of stimulated my imagination to go further. This was what I was doing, and 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 what a group of my childhood friends we 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 got into playing tabletop role playing games because mm. we were also huge fantasy nuts, and and I I, I kept reading and rereading Tolkien's Lord of the Rings for for multiple years and then then endless paperbacks of fantasy fantasy literature and we were playing D and 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 the best time to play D D was uh, the summer vacation from school. In in Finland we have a strong summer cabin uh, culture like like pretty much every family has a summer cabin by a lake in the forest. <laughs> and, and so the group of friends would go to, you know, one one of the families, uh, depending on, on, on the year and, and, and where we were in the summer, we would go uh, on somebody's summer capping for a week and we would just play D&D. Uh, <laughs> and I remember one occasion where, where Petri Järvilehto, who, who got me to remedy, he was reading uh, the short story uh collection the, the skeleton crew right uh, from Stephen King and 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 you know by a lake what you would do we would go swimming and and sauna and 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 swimming at the night time even and 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 water is a creepy element like, like right. I I love it I I I I swam in a in a swimming team growing up and 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 water is 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 fantastic, but it, but it's very stimulating for imagination as well. You know, dark, creepy depths, and and you know when when you are treading the water, it's always quite cold in Finland down down there. And mm. and and he started telling us 
the story of the raft. <laughs> All right. And 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 like like uh, he did his best to tell the story, and and I I still remember it. I, I had to go and read it then, and 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 that was my first exposure to Stephen King's writing, and and then I kept on reading the short stories and moved on to to novels, but but somehow the way he told it back then, like it always comes to my mind when I now go, you know, when when it's darker or colder, like in the autumn time, and and I go and have a si- swim in a lake. I, I can't help thinking back to the story of the raft and be slightly creeped out by yes. Is there yeah, a floating really... blob monster chasing you and you don't even know it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. I think exactly. about that story every time I go to a lake. Even if oh, there's not sure. a raft, I think about it. <laughs> yeah. And 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 like even there I would say that because like water to me has always been kind of an interesting uh, like element and 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 scary element at the same time it can be fantastic and such a pleasure you know jumping into a lake and 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 swimming and diving but at the same time there is always this creepy you know you can't help but to start thinking about what is lurking down there in the dark mm-hmm. depths uh so and and as you know uh cauldron lake uh there is 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 a big key important part of Alan Wake and Alan mm. Wake's story. And 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 I would kind of draw a dotted line from that, you know, childhood memories and, and the raft <laughs> uh even even there. Nice. So your your chosen title is on writing. Can you uh describe for the listeners just a kind of real brief like what the story is what, or not, I guess this isn't the story. And, you know, you're yeah. taking one of his rare nonfiction uh, books. He, he has a few of them, but uh, can you tell people what, what mean, it I, is and why you chose the title? Like what, what made you want to want to talk about this one? Not knowing that we have the opportunity to do this. Uh, I, I, I did go online and, and browse through, you know, that the magnificent back catalog of, 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 of your uh, uh, podcast like oh, so many great vi- uh, names uh, popping in, and 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 so many great books being uh, talked about and covered, and I I just felt like, well, can I think of something that would have a big meaning to me that would be something that you have not covered, and and, mm. and something different, and and I I just came back to thinking about own writing. It it's important to me, and 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 it's his writing guide essentially but right. also an autobiography of of him going through from his childhood on like you know i suppose his life from the sense of you know how he was built uh to be the writer who he is uh and right. and and so it covers a lot of his uh, life and and then it goes to uh his thoughts about writing and 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 in a way giving instructions for writing but it's it's also a very interesting book in the sense that you know him being uh such a master uh, as as he is with with so many wonderful books and 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 still in the in the forward he he 
he comes across as very uncertain to me like, like mm. and, and and goes on to say that he hesitated and he didn't know if 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 he would have instructions to give and if and if he you know if if this wouldn't just come across as pretentious or mm. or or things like that which is very very in, interesting to me as a, as a starting point but i i i i feel it's a very very interesting book and 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 also something that that I I originally read it like early 2000 and and now yeah. I just kind of like you know insanely busy schedule trying to get the game made but but kind of went back and 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 reread uh, some of the parts and and discovered that I have forgotten a lot that that I can see even in Alan Wake <laughs> as a, as an influence uh, which yeah. was uh, fun uh, but yeah I like. To me, it, it it was thought provoking. It, it it was like like originally when I read it, even on the the writing instructions, I I struggled with some of that. But but it made me think in 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 like in a very different way than any other writing guide that I have read has, which in it itself is is just a kind of a great thing to me. What you just said, like, has spawned a million different questions. There's so many different routes I can go here. Uh, but I, I want to follow up on the the vulnerable aspect that you mentioned that's right off the top. And you're right. There is something where he's like, oh, shucks, guys, I don't know if this is something yeah. you're going to be interested in, you know, whatever. There is that weird feeling uh, of vulnerability there, but it's also kind of married with, like, his history is, like, you know, b- before he became you know, he could be a novelist for a living. Like he was an English teacher, you know, it's like, so he has all these skills and you can kind of see him like shaking the rust off of those English teacher skills there, but he's also wrapping it in with one of my favorite things that King uh, does in, and, uh, uh, and I I've talked about it a few times on the show that like, maybe this is the reason why I'm such a diehard Stephen King fan versus say like, even like a Michael Crichton or, um, uh, Dean Koontz or, you know, any of his colleagues or Tom Clancy or what whatnot, you know, popular authors um, is that he would always do this thing at the end of his books where he would do like what I view in my mind is like now, you know, Uncle Steve's going to sit you down by the fire and talk to you directly. And he's like yeah. addressed you as the constant reader and was just like, here's where I my mindset was when I wrote this book. Yep. Here, hold on. Sorry. Let me get that let the dogs bark here <laughs> that is a package of something of being dropped off all right shut up we're good um where he would address people is like the constant reader and he would just have this like i'm gonna tell you how i came up with the story how i came up with this what was going on in my life me and tabby went to the supermarket and then we went and saw yeah, this right, movie exactly. like he he would do this thing that like like just kind of opened him up as a person beyond yep. just the novelist. And I think that's the reason why I love on writing so much is it feels like that that's that as a book, you know, but he's also then trying to subtly uh, teach me about his hatred of uh was it adverbs or, you know, yes, it's like, yeah. well, you know, it's just like every once in a while the, the English teacher pops up, but then, you know, for the most part it reads like, you know, half uh, I'm going to inspire you to go create, uh, and talk about how awesome the creative process is, and then half like this is uh, what my life is and where I came from. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like it's it's an interesting mix to me, like which is uh, 
endearing as well. I like it's 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 very human in the sense that it's a mix of like things like like very strong feelings coming across on like what he feels uh, is is good writing and 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 not good writing. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's very supportive uh, through the whole thing. It's 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 also very kind of like you can take this advice or for sure you can you can like like not agree with me uh and 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 <laughs> it, it's very open and in in some ways kind of like compared to some like like this is how it goes that that slight uncertainty there and and in in a in a surprising way humbleness i i feel that comes across uh and and yeah to like like that that just makes you like him and 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 kind of like makes mm-hmm. you listen uh right. more uh in 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 many ways Thank you, Mr. Zombie. It is time for the mid-roll ad reads. Uh, We're going to start off with our first sponsor, who has the following message for everyone. Another Manny Haley production is making its way to theaters on October 20th. That date has already passed, which means what we're about to talk about is already in theaters. Just in time for Halloween is Soulmates, which follows two unsuspecting strangers who find themselves participating in a twisted new dating service led by the matchmaker that forces the two singles inside a nightmarish maze designed to help them find their soulmate or die trying. Be sure to make your way to theaters to check out Soulmates starring Annie Ilonze, Charlie Weber, and Neil McDonough uh, today or tomorrow or wh- whenever you're done listening to this uh, episode of the show. Yeah, definitely finish the episode first. We definitely yeah. want to make sure the King cast is the priority, but uh, we do love our sponsors, so check them out. Um, and I'm here to tell you about a book called Out There Screaming. This is curated with a foreword by Jordan Peele. Might have heard of him. The visionary writer and director of Get Out, Us, and Nope. Out There Screaming is a groundbreaking collection of horror stories by an all-star roster of black authors, including N.K. Jemison, Rebecca Roanhorse, and Nettie Okorafor, that explores the terrors of the supernatural as well as the chilling reality of injustice that haunts our nation today. Publishers Weekly calls Out There Screaming electrifying and notes that these tales are all both gruesomely imaginative and firmly rooted in the realities of anti-black racism and brutality. This is essential reading for any horror fan. The Guardian called Out There Screaming not only the best anthology of the year, but one for the ages. Out There Screaming, edited by Jordan Peele, is out now and available wherever books are sold. All right. I think it's about time we got back to the show. Let's do it. Anyone that we've talked to about this um, book seems to have one little like tiny piece of advice that they took away from this that that always comes to mind when they think about writing. For instance, you know, King talking about uh, how much he dislikes adverbs. Is there something like that for you? Like when you when you think of on writing, is there a tip in here that kind of looms larger than others? that you've applied there are several and the part of the background like why why i felt when i was reading this like it 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 was comforting and and somehow kind of like empowering as well is that the fact of it is uh english is not my native language Mm -hmm. uh like i i'm finnish is my native language as, as as you can hear from my accent obviously and 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 I have studied 
the English language a lot at, uh, at like finally at the university and 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 literature. Uh, but I'm I'm still like my whole career for for close to thirty years now. I, I've written in a foreign language, and 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 obviously Remedy these days being a very in, international company. So so for years and years and years that the working language has all, also been English uh, because we have like people from all over the world and we need a common language uh, when when we are you know creating these things and, and team effort but there, there is always that slight you know uncertainty uh, that, that, that comes fr- from it um, so so uh, like like there, there were some instructions here that made me feel really good like him talking about vocabulary and saying right you you don't need to have a huge extensive vocabulary it's more what you do with it you 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 don't have to be you know creating these complex sentence structures simple writing can be just as effective and in some cases even more effective uh on on and 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 this was not really something that that was you know, in my mind, as a young writer starting out, coming out from, you know, studying the language and literature at the university, it it, it was not this. It was more kind of like, you know, <laughs> you need to have flowery things in there. And, and, and he kind of stripped that down. And, and, and to me, I struggled with that because it was very different from from the image I had built in my head on, on where I need to be aiming for. But, but ultimately it, it, it taught me a lot. And, and, and like he keeps going back to the elements of style. Uh, and, 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 and that's a wonderful book as well. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and so, so that, that's one thing uh, that, that kind of like I, I, I took as, as this kind of a heartening uh, positive message uh, from this book. Yeah, and it's something, I mean, that we've touched on a little bit that I always get from this book is like, if you can't help but read it and then not want to sit down and write something right. afterwards. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it, there, there's an also an, yeah, an aspirational and inspirational side of of this book that like, it, it's, it's something it's really, because I couldn't point to you any exact chapter or passage or lesson or story that is like, oh man, that that's the hoorah. That's the Aragorn giving his speech before we go into battle. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, th- there isn't like the call to arms in the book, but there's just this overall feeling of like just inspiring creativity when you read so, this book. That so much passion, so much yeah. passion towards it from him. That that like like you know is is wonderful, and 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 the dedication to to it no matter what the situation uh in his life through the years right uh so so yeah that's that's like and 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 it's interesting like like that that there are many things in this that i like felt were important one thing that i especially like if 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 we flip this around like like one thing that i really struggled with uh and and i like now rereading some of those parts came to realize that maybe it's it's more in semantics like but but I had a 
I remember back then, like the biggest thing that I struggled with was his attitude towards plotting, <laughs> which, mm-hmm. which is like, you shouldn't be plotting at all. Like, like it's, it's, yeah. it, 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 it should come from the characters. It should start from the situation. And then you have a narration and description and dialogue and, and, because I am a plotter <laughs> and, yep. and some of it because of the circumstances of how it is to create and, and do the teamwork related to video games, uh, because it's a team effort and, and then you need to be communicating where are we going and, 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 and kind of have, you know, some sort of a rough version of the story before you actually have written the full story in detail as, as a screenplay. So, so that kind of forces you to do some plotting. And, and and create a map of, of a sort of, of of the story and and yeah. I, I I do feel that for me part of that is also maybe goes back all the way to loving fantasy books with the maps <laughs> and 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 kind of like you know also as as a, as a method of writing I do love a whiteboard or or a chalkboard and I mm. tend to fill them in with 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 you know this kind of a crazy wall uh, gets <laughs> gets gets being created early on with 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 kind of the plot structure uh, right. that and and then all kinds of details but but i realize like like at least now looking at it that that in some ways that's kind of a loose starting point to me and he does talk about you know a situational uh starting point and narration so so i kind of started suspecting that it, it's part partly same thing no matter what you call it and and to me as well like when when then getting into the details of individual scenes you know the characters do surprise you and 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 sometimes things then flip around and and go into a new unexpected direction when when you go into the details and write it out, which I do think is is very similar to what he is talking about. Mm-hmm. But I remember struggling with with this aspect. What? No plot? Like like <laughs> how, can, how can that be? Like how can yeah. you ever do something complicated and a longer story without this idea? So so mm-hmm. so that was part of it. But, yeah. but 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 also have to say now rereading this, I, I realized how many parts of this and him talking about his life's uh, life and and struggles in his life uh and 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 being a writer how much this has actually then in in many ways been an inspiration and influenced the character of alan wake that there, mm. there are there are a lot of different elements here uh that that like i feel uh are in some way echoed in Alan Wake. Yeah, that whole angle of not <clears throat> plotting out is is fairly unique to King. I don't know anybody, any other author or screenwriter or you know fictional writer that does this that the way that he does. Like you said, he just he starts off like he'll get an idea and maybe he'll have some like vague broad notion in his head, but he just sits down and writes and goes wherever yeah. the the writing takes him. Uh, which scares the shit out of me when I think about trying to <laughs> yes. do that. Like, like I, I, when I write, I have to write towards something. Um, yep. But maybe the, there's a reason why he is Stephen King and I am myself. It seems, like, yeah. it seems like such a potentially dangerous thing to do, right? Like, yeah. what if you get halfway through a novel and just realize you have no idea how to resolve the thing? 
which, which you know? he does go into, like talking about <laughs> the stand and, yeah. and and running into that kind of a situation, and and like because it's it's a very kind of lot of characters in the story and and complexity in the story, and 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 then realizing that no idea where this needs to go next. Well, then, but then that spawns those you know really shocking moments, like his solve for the stand was. I'm going to kill my main character because he was building exactly. up Nick yes. Nick Andros to be to be the essential leader of of the uh, the group and mm-hmm. and like yeah I believe it's in on writing where he's talking about like you know I was stuck and the only way to unstuck myself was to blow up my main character and see where the pieces fell after that and so you get these non-traditional things that if he had plotted out and plotted and like say Nick Andros's arc from the beginning, sure. he would have been locked into that, you know? And yeah, so I see yeah. the appeal to it, but I also don't think that there's many creative minds out there that could have come up with the solution that he came up with at that point. And so like, you know, I think he's kind yeah, of uniquely set up to, to be able to work that way. Yeah. And the interesting, like, like I, I really loved him describing like how, how he was stuck and 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 what was the solution, which is essentially just taking long walks. Yep. <laughs> and, and 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 then suddenly the 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 thing comes to him because that 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 does like walking is wonderful for for you know having your mind uh, work on things and and even even with having some sort of a plot structure. You, you often do end up in situations like, okay, this doesn't feel right, or I don't know where where this is supposed to be going now. To me, it's always like long walks and, and, and just kind of like, you know, softly leaning in your mind against the problem. And, and then suddenly something gives and, and, and you have the answer. And it always happens like that, no matter if there are, you know, a uh, fitful, wakeful nights tossing in the bed of like I I don't have a clue what how how to solve this. It it always comes then. Yeah, I mean he's he's definitely pulled it off. You know, I think I I don't know because as we've been talking about this, I realize there's a comparison point here that I can probably make in that I have found when doing interviews that if I go in there with questions prepared then the resulting interview is always less interesting to read than if I just go in there with a couple of vague ideas of what I want to talk about or ask, and then actually listen to what the person is saying, you know, and following up with questions, which is not something you do naturally. If you go in to any interview with say 15 questions laid out in front of you, you know, you're just Mm. moving down a checklist. This does not work for most people. I've given that advice to, Mm -hmm. Um, some of my colleagues before that just your brain has to work in a certain way in order to pull that particular trick off, you Mm -hmm. know, so it doesn't work for everyone, but I feel comfortable doing it. So I guess Uh that's, that would be a comparison point here where, yeah, which sounds a lot like how Stephen King starts off on writing is like, this is what works for me. Do what fucking works for you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But, but yeah, no, I'm, I've done that as an interviewer. I've gotten away with like, Oh, a last minute interview. And then 
like back in the the blogging days, of course. But like, like here's a last minute thing that would happen, and and uh, people would I'd be I pull it off. I'd do like, oh, I came up with some great stuff in the moment. I don't need to research, and then I'll do the next one, and it'll uh, fucking drop like a fucking <laughs> you know a, a stone in the middle of a, a of a lake or something. And I'd just be like, like, why didn't it work? It worked last time. So yeah, I've I found that there's like a happy medium there where you you just need to have the flexibility. Um, to follow the interesting part mm-hmm. of the conversation. Uh, but if I found that I've been in situations where if I didn't have a solid set of questions uh, ready, then uh, I would I could easily be be in trouble. I, I wouldn't have anything to fall back on. Um, that said, I hardly ever prepare questions for this show. Um, but this show was always designed to be a little bit more of a conversational. Mm-hmm. Um, thing than yeah. like a straight up interview you know this is this is definitely more meant for a bunch of stephen king nerds to gather <laughs> around and excitedly go down blind alleyways as we as we uh, right. are talking about a topic an interesting connection here i i feel like because he talks about the characters kind of like taking over and surprising you and and like thinking about like being a game master in a role play in a tabletop role playing game that that's essentially like what what exactly what happens that you create a story which is the adventure and and then you have a bunch of players who will always like surprise you uh with 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 the ideas that they have and you need to on the spot kind of react to that and adjust the story uh, around it so so that's that's mm. like as a background that's a that's a great place you know, prepare, but then be open, and 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 that's mm-hmm. that's how it. And and in a lot of ways, that's also a lot what happens when when writing for video games is that yes, you can have the story, you can even have the screenplay, but but then there because it's such a complicated thing connected to technology, a lot of surprises happen uh, when developing it. And, and sometimes it's a dead end. We can't after all do this and, and, oh no, we have this problem or, or here we are over scope. Uh, but, but that to me is the best place for, uh, you know, making you creative because when, when, when you have limitations and obstacles that really forces you to be creative and many of the coolest story elements, usually are born out of this, you know, you would have never gone that way unless you would have been forced to find another direction. So, so mm-hmm. yeah. It yeah. must be complicated writing horror for the reasons you've just laid out. Like it must be difficult to write a horror script where player agency is going to have such an impact on how the story is being told, right? How does it map? Like, how do you how do you go from the script to a situation where now, like, someone can walk around inside the scenario you've, you've created? They can, you know, uh, walk away from a conversation maybe while it's taking place. Like, how do you how do you account for that when you're when you're writing uh, something that's intended to be, you know, intense and 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 scary? Does this question make sense? I don't I don't feel yeah, like I'm yeah, it, anything it, on it. It, it does. Uh, it's it's a balancing act. Like sometimes you are taking control of the situation, and and you have well, uh, uh, Stephen King talks about the the toolbox uh, a lot. Uh, for video games, there is a toolbox uh, for sure. Different 
methods of, of telling the story and different yeah. ways of making sure that the player gets what they need to get. Uh, you, you, you are using different, different tools for that. And, and, and obviously we do have the game mechanics, which, which, which is a horror, horror game. And, and, and there are enemies coming at you, which is part of the horror experience because you are kind of underpowered and it's very kind of like up close and personal and desperate and, and you 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 are trying to find resources which is like bullets and in Alan Wake's case uh you know light sources and 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 all of this uh and and obviously a big part of the horror also comes from just building the atmosphere uh but on on the story level for video games overall you know you need to give up a certain amount of control and and mm-hmm. and give that control of the pacing and 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 kind of the exact route through this to the player but i i i think that what you get in return is so valuable because because then you suddenly have an audience the gamers who are really invested and really mm-hmm. engaged and and that it that in itself creates a lot of intensity uh, into this kind of like uh, experience and back and forth. And, 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 and we are in this together in a way. That's interesting. Do you think that Stephen King would be adept at writing a video game? Do you think, could you see him sitting down and uh, crafting a great video game uh, script? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there would need to be a team of, you know, uh, video game developers to uh, help with that because you know it's 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 like anything that you you need to understand what you can do and 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 you know uh, as it is with any medium you know writing for TV or writing for film you need to understand what costs what and 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 right. what what can you do within the scope that you have and and all of these things that that go into it uh but in a in a very similar way uh it's the case with the video game story uh but but in a in a collaboration i'm 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 sure that something <laughs> terrifying would 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 come out of that yeah because it's pretty surprising how you would assume that king would have more of a presence in the video game world mm-hmm. and and there there isn't a whole lot i mean we we've done we've done episodes on it mm-hmm. you know where right. you know there were some tie-in games there's like a tie-in lawnmower man game there was a dark half game back in the day there was he he did this like pc game called f13 uh thing but it was essentially just like a whole bunch of screensavers plus like right. a couple of like yeah. mini games or whatever yeah. you know but in you know, I, I don't I don't get the feeling he's not like John Carpenter or Steven Spielberg, who, you know, are obsessed with gaming. Um, you know, he was he was a movie kid and a book kid. And so, like, sure. he took yes. to screenwriting fairly, fairly easily. But I think that he did that because he grew up a movie kid. Right. Sure. And, uh, uh, you know, as in, you know, Dance Macabre, one of his other great nonfiction books, you know, is kind of uh, underlines his his passion for that that uh, art form. But I don't think he has the same passion for video games. I, I don't get the yeah. <laughs> impression that he was ever drawn into oh, gaming. It's, it's a generation thing for sure. Uh, like and 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 what? I mean, it's 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 very clear that that kind of like 
that there is a lot more attention towards video games uh, now and 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 having uh, creative people in writing in in TV film uh, looking towards video games because they have grown up with video games and 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 they have these kind of like uh, very big inspirational moments uh, w- with video games growing up and and that's just a natural part of it like like I, I I think that we all gravitate towards certain you know things from along the way which I I think is a big point in this book overall like why he feels that he should go through his life uh, growing up because because that's where we are drawing from it it, it, it was interesting like as a, as a detail he mentions a building uh, you know from from his memory and says that that this this building he has used in in like calling it with different names but in multiple of his stories so so we are just drawing from our memories and and you know using that as as kind of building blocks for 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 what we create and certainly like like you know loving films loving books loving comic books and loving video games, I like drawing from all of that. Uh, but if they were not around when you were growing up, then you you don't probably have these kind of like hugely. I mean, he he goes and talks about his love for film for sure, uh, and 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 going uh, to movie theaters, watching endless amount of films. Yeah, th- th- those are you know big big building blocks for for you know what made you excited what 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 reached out and touched you and 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 that's that's what you then gravitate towards didn't i read that like as a thank you for clearing that quote that opens alan wake y'all sent him some copies of the game but he couldn't play them because he didn't have an xbox yeah it's interesting like i i i I have to say that i i don't remember all of the details and, and and microsoft studios was our publisher and they handled the communication uh mainly at that point towards him uh like Cleared, cleared the quote, and I'm sure that that we we would have uh, sent send it. There was I'm I'm sorry I don't remember which book, but but some years later, I sh- I should have double checked this. But <laughs> there is a book where where you know that there is just this passage of you know nothing to do with Alan Wake, but then suddenly there is there is a sign. And 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 it says Thomas saying something something, uh, and 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 I took that as <laughs> maybe may, maybe falsely so, but I was like suddenly like if you gaze into the abyss, the the abyss wings back at you, <laughs> right. kind of a moment uh, that 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 is he is he actually saying that well he's checked out Alan Wake on some level and and you know here is a nod. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but but felt like that to me at least. Well, the, fu- uh, the funny thing about King though is like he has been so forward thinking uh, and embracing technology when a lot of his peers wouldn't. Like he was one of the first to move to a word processor, you know, from yeah. a typewriter. Like he was using the to write the Talisman with Peter Straub, who was in London. Like he was using like an early like internet faxy kind of technology where they would fax pages to each other. You know, like he was very embracing of that, but then never 
seem to really embrace video games. And the only thing I can think of is that that dude values his very rigid schedule. Yep. And he is a creature of habit and has the same schedule every single day that he just there's just not room for it which is so admirable and 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 takes so much of like you know uh strength and 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 kind of yeah i mean that that's one thing like like i when when i was now rereading parts and obviously like this was written uh i mean the interesting thing that i realized that he's saying that he's 53 when he's writing it and i'm now 53 so so (laughs) kind of like suddenly like oh uh, oh shit! But, but 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 uh the thing being like he talks about leaving the, this you know writing door closed the first draft and and you know not having tv not having phone in and especially these days like these mobile right. phones and, and 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 social media and all such a such a time drain to many of us and 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 kind of like yeah really really kind of like <laughs> very valid advice uh, yeah yeah I, I feel bad for him for not getting to experience that but then again we lost john carpenter to to basketball and uh, halo so so uh so i think the trade-off is that he has been you know pumping out <laughs> you know great book after great book yeah. for the last uh 20 something years yeah, so. incredible yeah 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 uh, yeah. But yeah, I think we're we're getting close to, to our time here. Um, I wanted to circle back to Alan Wake 2. Do you want to give a final pitch? This will be airing like days before before release. Is there anything you want our listeners to know about Alan Wake 2? Well, it's 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 very story focused and 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 uh, more horror than anything that we have done before. Like uh, it it. It's both supernatural horror and very much psychological horror, uh, all all mixed together. It's it, it has two hero characters, so definitely Alan Wake, our tortured rider, trapped in the nightmare dimension of the dark place, trying to escape, having tried to escape these thirteen years, which reflect our our painful journey <laughs> to get the, get the sequel made. Right. Uh, but, but then we have a new hero character as well, Saga Anderson, who is an FBI agent who comes in to investigate these creepy murders and, and is drawn into this supernatural uh, madness uh, that, that kind of like is, is revolving around Alan Wake. Uh, and, 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 you know, like we're, we're still saying now revisiting on writing uh, I, I didn't even remember all, all the things there, but but very much kind of like go, you know, creating the character of Alan Wake, uh, Stephen King, and on writing specifically was a lot in my mind. I mean, Alan Wake as well, you know, has had bad times in his life and, and is a flawed human character, uh, struggles with, with alcohol and, 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 you know, struggles with... with not being satisfied, like like it was interesting. Stephen King was saying that for quite a few years he felt ashamed because his teacher, uh, like back as a kid, had had told him that don't write this kind of trash, and and he tr- mm. struggled for years and years feeling ashamed about it, and 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 kind of this idea is part of Alan Wake's character. He feels he feels that he should be writing, you know you know, higher art as opposed to commercial 
novels and when he tries like like he fails and 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 it leads into kind of darkness in his mind uh so so all of these things you know were were for me a big part of the inspiration for the character uh and 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 interestingly enough like like in this he talks about kind of like writing as telepathy he talks about you know this idea of a of a room in your mind in 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 the basement the far-seeing room where 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 you go to dream and think about the stories and and mm. in alan wake he's trapped in his writer's room and and he writes to kind of like use the story to escape uh, which i didn't i didn't remember stephen king talking about this at all kind of consciously but but now revisiting it it was like ah this must have been somehow knocking in my mind coming up with the whole writer's room concept for mm. for alan wake so so i was really happy that we got to do this and i i i i had to revisit uh the book like i like i i was finding details there which told me that it's 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 a bigger influence even than i i i was remembering hmm. well i'm choosing to interpret that also that to to mean that uh, one of the challenges Alan Wake or the new protagonist is going to come across as a uh, demented babysitter that holds you down and farts on your head. <laughs> so yep, yeah, well, you no, no, no comment on that. Now that you say it, hmm, that's that's an interesting story idea, and and, <laughs> yeah. and going going beyond Alan Wake too. Maybe there is something there. there huh. There's DLC, the, the Beulah Chronicles, yes. Escape yes. from Beulah. Yes, <laughs> please, please do. It would it would uh, it would make precisely three people in this world laugh, and two of them are on the line with you right now. <laughs> so uh, I think it's it's a worthy thing to, <laughs> to do. Um, but thanks so much for for joining us, man. This was this is great. We could I could have talked another hour and a half with you about about this. Yeah, stuff. Same, um, same here. This this was a joy. Th- thank you so much. And we're really looking forward to playing the game. Like um, almost there. So so just, coming out coming out October twenty seventh. Yeah, perfect. I just finished Starfield. I need another game in my life. This is this is you timed this perfectly. Thank you for that. For 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 Halloween. Yes. <laughs> yes. Many thanks to Sam Lake for joining us. I knew he would be a popular get, uh, but yes. uh, the reaction to the announcement is like <laughs> reaching Jamie Lee Curtis levels of excitement. Yeah, it was wild. So far, was, so I hope I hope that everyone was as, as happy with Sam's performance on the show as as we were. He was a, a real delight to talk to. Oh yeah, no, loved loved it. Loved uh, his insights and uh, uh, writing, and uh, we both have uh, copies of Alan Wake. Uh, Scott, you're a little bit more into it than I am. I'm, I keep yeah. getting distracted by life, but I will be firing that up. Uh, yeah, I think we're, we're NDA'd from reviewing the game, but I think that I can avoid getting in any trouble if I just say that uh, it is scary as fuck. I'm far enough into the game now where the yeah, where the scary shit is happening with uh, regularity, and uh, yeah, it's uh, they don't pull any punches on this thing. Um, having a lot of fun with it nice yeah i can't i can't wait to dive in like every time i'm like oh, i'm gonna do it i have like an hour and i'm like no i need to set aside multiple hours and, and i just want to kind of sink in and get lost into the game but i can't wait to do that yeah you want to you want to have like a few you want to have a few hours to work with up front uh, good. especially good to know. yeah you don't want to be uh interrupting the pace of what the 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 whole first 
chunk of the game is like. Um, no. So what do we got coming down the pike next week? Ooh, uh, I'm really excited about this one. We've recently recorded it. Uh, I love it. It's another banger, a returning favorite guest. Um, I, I feel like this is one where we can just say who's coming on. Why? why yeah, not? Okay. yeah. Okay. So one of our favorites is Mr. Stephen Graham Jones and any excuse to bring him back, we would jump at, especially when he suggested, Hey, I'm just about finished reading his brand new book, Holly. And I would love to come on and talk about it. And, uh, so yeah, we're talking about Stephen King's Holly, which is newly published. And this is the uh, kind of a first for the King cast. Cause usually we, uh, mm-hmm. save the newer reactions or the reactions for the newer books and do like maybe a Patreon review or something. But this is the first time we've kind of been Johnny on the spot and, and covered one of his newer books in the main feed. Yeah. Uh, I tried to warn everyone on the, uh, on the Twitter feed earlier this week, like, Hey, if you haven't read Holly, get on that. Uh, you have even less time now. So I hope you picked up your, your copies of Holly when I, when I advise you to do so. Well, the good news is it's a, it's a good one and it's a page turner. So it's not a, it's not bad homework for you if you no, want to get caught up, but, um, it's a quick read too. It's like 400 pages, but I blew through that thing in like three, four sittings. It's, uh, gets its teeth into you pretty quickly. No, yeah. no pun intended. <laughs> um, and, uh, this already week, dancing around spoilers. Yeah. Uh, this week on the, Patreon, which is, of course, as always, at patreon.com backslash the KingCast. We are going to be speaking to a gentleman by the name of Mark Baumgartner, who is behind a stage production of Misery that's about to start uh, having its shows. And we've we've long wanted to talk to somebody who has staged an actual Stephen King uh, play, and particularly this one, which kind of has a history on, on Broadway and such. So... Um, we have not recorded that episode yet, but we are very excited to talk to Mark and we will you'll be able to hear that uh, conversation with him on Friday over at the Patreon. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Uh, make sure you're signed up over there. You'll get instant access to everything that we've done on the Patreon over the last three something years. And uh, that's a whole shit ton of episodes. If you're only listening to the main feed, you're only getting half the show. So head on over to the Patreon if you want even more of uh, Wampler and I. Uh, waxing poetic about odds and ends in the Stephen King universe. And Shelbyville is back, I should point out. Uh, it is the second season of our actual play, uh, Show Within a Show, wherein Eric and I, and uh, best-selling author and James Beard Award-winning author, uh, Miss Mallory O'Mara, play characters within a game that is uh, based on the work of Stephen King and some other, as you'll find out this season, some other uh, famous horror properties. It's all takes place under the, the um, direction of our game master, Mr. Jacob Hall of Slash Film, who is, man, he delivered a insane uh, season this year. Lots of twists and turns, all kinds of uh, things happening with uh, the characters you met in season one, and it's twice as long. We've got 13 episodes. We're going to be rolling those out over the next six months or so, and we are very excited for you all to hear the, what took us about a year to um to, to finally fucking put together it's it's well worth your time yep the uh pilot episode i guess not pilot if it's the first of a season new mm-hmm. uh, second season so let's scratch that and we'll call that the premiere episode the debut episode is uh up now and uh we got many more coming up uh, and you yeah you won't believe the insanity that is in store because we sure shit didn't uh much to jacob hall's uh, a testament to his ability as a uh, gm 
Um, but yeah, so follow us there for that. You know, we also got Discord shit over there. It's well worth the money, is all we're saying. We're we know you're shelling out a few bucks, and we want to make sure you're getting your money's worth. All right, so I guess we'll see y'all next week for a chat with Mr. Stephen Graham Jones about Holly, and then this Friday on our Patreon, look for that uh, that chat with Mark Baumgartner about his uh, Misery Stage play. Adios, folks. Bye. The KingCast is a Fangoria podcast production. The show is produced, hosted, and created by Eric Vespi, that's me, and Scott Wampler. Tira Ansley and Abby Goel are executive producers. Daniel Danger is our art director, and editing is done by yours truly. Mm-hmm.